Dear listeners, the following recordings were written and produced with you in mind. These episodes will add joy to your life, fill you with inquisitive thoughts, and leave you thinking to yourself, Hey Rob. Hey Kaj. Can Can you you say say that again? Welcome to the Say That Again podcast. How many times do I have to hear you record this? (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Say That Again podcast that we may or may not be recording directly after the previous episode, even though we are wearing different clothes. You'll never know. With that being said, I was trying to make it as awkward as possible. (laughs) I just wanted to see how long you could let that silence sit. I could let it sit for a lot longer. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> well, I like that you picked a, a a plaid shirt to go with the the season. Yeah, I figured if I'm gonna look like I didn't just record another episode, <laughs> I should wear a completely different shirt and hat. So yeah, I was just going it's like I, Clark Kent. You're a different just, person, I man. I almost didn't recognize. Whoa! Flip my glasses upside oh, down. Okay. You definitely. All right. Yeah. You definitely don't look like the same person. That's a problem. <laughs> too far. Yeah. I know. I know. Anyway, after two awkward pauses and you trashing my outfit, I'm not trashing it. I like it. Oh, thank you. Yes. How do you feel about the beard? The beard? Yeah. I, I was like telling it. you before. Yeah. I did no shave November. I and guess November's almost over. It is. Okay. Maybe in a day or two. Yeah. And I don't have this. Yeah. Right? And so I was saying, should I commit to just growing it over and having a big beard? Again, I'll say what Rob said. Rob Flood. What does Jacqueline want? That's the question. Jacqueline said it's it's worth a shot trying. Then go for it. I was going to, but I, I wanted to know. Because you know how like when someone's growing out long hair like a man bun? Yes. They There's an awkward face. Have an awkward all, face. I mean I had I had dreadlocks. Like yeah. I remember the awkward face. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. You either commit or you don't. All right. Well, I'm committing. Commit. I'm committing. Commit. I just wanted to I just wanted to know if there was any tough love needed here. All right. No, I mean you're you're approaching the awkward face. Like right now it's not at the point where it like looks awkward. Yeah. Because it's still like just starting to like really start to grow long. Yeah. But I think it'll be worth it. All right. Yeah. I agree. I think it'll look good. All right. All right. Let's get into the episode. Yes. Let's do it. You want to tell them what we're doing today? Yes. Yeah, so today we're doing our first Bible study. I know. It's honestly. Is this super- our first? We have it. Well, well, technically. We've done biblical topics. Yeah. This is our first This is Bible our first study. Bible study where we're reading biblical text. Yeah. And talking about it. Yes. So, yes. It is our first Bible study. Great. And to get into the Christmas spirit. We're already in the Christmas spirit. Well, I know. You've got on a plaid. We talked about your Christmas tree story. I know. So in the last episode, we got into like the holiday Christmas spirit. This is to get into like the spiritual Christmas spirit. Whoa. I know. The spiritual Christmas spirit. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know there was a non-spiritual Christmas spirit, but I guess there is a non-spiritual Christmas spirit. Well, when I say Christmas spirit, the word spirit there is is just in reference. It's just a mood. Yeah, it's just a mood. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Spiritual Christmas spirit. So we are going to read the better part of Matthew chapter 1, talk a little bit about the genealogy as well as the section that comes after that, 
and we're going to see where we where we end up. And we are going to be reading the ESV version. I, I think so. I, all right. I wasn't sure which one because you copied down the transcripts. I wasn't I sure did. if it was ESV or it's not. It's most likely ESV. All right. Just in case you wanted to follow along, I just wanted to say that. I think. All right. So without further ado, starting in verse chapter one. Verse chapter one. <laughs> I, I paused because I knew I said that. <laughs> it took me a second. <laughs> chapter one. Verse one, starting the beginning in chapter, of the scroll of Matthew, starting in chapter one, verse one, the son of David, the son of Abraham was the father of Isaac and Isaac, the father of Jacob and Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers and Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar and Perez, the father of Hezron and Hezron, the father of Ram and Ram the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab, the father of Nashan, and Nashan, the son of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, shout out to Covenant Fellowship's current series on Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon by wife of Uriah and Solomon, the father of Rehoboam and Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. You, you, you messed up my translation earlier. Say however you want. Abijah and Abijah, the father of Asaph and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat and Jehoshaphat, the father of Jerom and Jerom, the father of Uzziah and Uzziah, the father of Jatham <laughs> and Jatham, the father of Ahaz and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh and Manasseh, the father of Amos and Amos, the father of Josiah and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah, the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel, the father of Abuid, and Abuid, the father of Eliakim, Eliakim? Yeah. And Eliakim, the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Akim, and Akim the father of Iliud, and Iliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Matan, and Matan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. Now, the birth of Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, 
being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. I am so sorry for my pronunciations. Amen. I Don't be sorry. That was enjoyable. Was just so flabbergasted by the <laughs> sheer amount of names. I'm really looking forward to our genealogies and Genesis series <laughs> after the new year. Sneak peek. Sneak peek. Yeah, that was a lot of people. There's a lot of people. It's a, be- a lot going on. It's a beautiful story written over thousands of years is what this is. Mm-hmm. And it, there's, yeah, there's no better way to say that. You know, this was woven by God for a purpose. So I have a question for you, Kaj. Mm-hmm. Which name was your favorite? I my, have to know. My favorite Bible name, which I forgot ends up in this genealogy. Yeah, in this genealogy. Is, and I'm pronouncing it differently, and I know that I'm pronouncing it wrong, but it's Eliezer. Eliezer. Yes. Okay. You because know what's funny? If you I name someone Eliezer, the nickname would be Laser. Just let that sit in. Now, it's probably closer if it's if I saw that in Hebrew, I'm guessing there'd be a breath mark between the E and the A. I was gonna say it would be like El Azar or something like that. Yeah, I was gonna say But Eliezer. And just even looking at the spelling. It's not Eliezer. No, but that's it's definitely it. not. But I love that. Yeah. I love that for you. Or even Lazar. Lazar. <laughs> as a nickname. Well, well, that's my favorite one. Yeah. No, that's super solid. That's a really good choice. I actually really like that one. Which one's your favorite? Dude, I was I was reading through, and honestly, two stood out. Ram. <laughs> it's just it's just there, right? Is that your favorite car brand too? No. <laughs> okay. No. No. I don't I don't dislike Ram. No, Ram was one that cracked me up. I was like, that's just the why is that's the easiest name to pronounce out of this whole list. Um, and it's just so funny. Like, can you imagine a kid named Ram? That's just, like a modern day. Current day, obviously, I could not imagine obviously a kid this named is Ram actually. And then I also, I also love, I love the name Hezekiah. Okay, I don't know. It's just always been a name that I, I enjoy, like a biblical name. Mm-hmm. It flows well, super solid. He's a super solid guy in the genealogy, so I've always appreciated that name. But anyway, Great. on to the easier stuff, now that the hard questions are out of the way. <laughs> so there's a, there's a bunch of different things you can talk about with this passage. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about and bring to our attention is the inclusion of certain characters in this genealogy that you would not normally see be included in a Jewish genealogy. So most times in 
a Jewish genealogy, the point is to prove the legitimacy of someone's heritage to show that they deserve a particular role or that their lineage is, for pure, lack of a better word, pure. pure. Yeah, that's yeah. a good word. Pure. This lineage includes some very questionable characters. That's a good way to phrase that. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Uh, and the other thing with that is normally an ancient Jewish genealogy wouldn't include references to the mothers or the females in the genealogy. Which is so funny because typically your Jewish heritage is passed on through the mother. That's, yeah. Which is like in the, in the Jewish culture. So yeah. So I know funny. that is yeah. now, I don't know. I'm well, not an expert on, on Jewish culture, and Jewish heritage. Neither am I. So I, I won't speak to that. But what I know is that in this genealogy, Particularly the females that are included. Um, well, let's let's just. I want to read off some of the names. So one, there's. I'm shaking the table. I know you hate it. I. It's okay. Just do whatever you want to do. There's Tamar. <laughs> there is Rahab. There is Ruth. There's a mention of Uriah's wife. And then there is Mary. I don't think I'm missing anyone. So I don't need it. I'm not going to talk in depth about each of their stories. Uh, if you want to go and read about Tamar, that story is crazy. She did some very questionable things, had some very questionable things done to her as well. Rahab was a prostitute. Uh, Ruth was a Moabite. And this was talked about briefly in our sermon series, but Moabites originally were not actually allowed to be a part of the, the heritage of Israel. There's a passage in Deuteronomy. I think I wrote it down here. Yeah. Deuteronomy verse 23, chapters two through five. No one born of a forbidden union may enter the assembly of the Lord, even to the 10th generation. None of his descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord. No Ammonite or Moabite may enter the assembly of the Lord, even to the 10th generation. None of them may enter the assembly of the Lord forever because they did not meet you with bread and with water on the way when you came out of Egypt. So both, both of these, or some of these people, particularly uh, Rahab and Ruth, as well as Rahab, kind of fall into the characters of people who you would not particularly want to put in a genealogy if you're proving not if the you're boasting on your pure. Genealogy. Yeah, if yeah. you're trying to prove like, okay, this is the guy we've been waiting for. He comes from a clean, pure genealogy. Right. This is the Messiah. On the flip side, what I think Matthew in the Lord through Matthew is trying to say is is showing that the coming of Jesus is including those people back in and that the people who would normally not be able to enter into the family of God or the presence of God because of X, Y, and Z are now able to be included in the fulfillment of Jesus coming and being the final Messiah and the final savior for all of humanity. They're being grafted. Correct. Yeah. And I think that that's beautiful because that you can expand that just to it doesn't matter like what your past looks like uh what you've done who you've been around questionable things that have been done to you how broken your life may be now what you're struggling with like there is an opportunity for you to be welcomed into the family of god through what jesus christ has done 
It's a it's a beautiful story. And it's yeah. it's funny because there's a lot of brokenness. I, there's a lot of royalty. I Solomon's in that list. I mean, he's really just including some of the, like the top. I don't want to say lead like, but just the bloodline includes a good amount of both highly distinguished Jewish, uh, I guess, patriarchies and mm-hmm. and also into individuals who would be looked down at and and also viewed as lesser than so it's just like a great picture of this idea of of you know everyone coming together under right. christ yeah no i completely agree i, I love that picture yeah it's beautiful and even if you're thinking about so the uh the passage in deuteronomy the first one that i read that is probably <laughs> now cut uh Deuteronomy 23, verse 2, no one born of a forbidden union may enter the assembly of the Lord even to the 10th generation. Yet Matthew specifically puts in a reference to Solomon being born by the wife of Uriah, which was very clearly a forbidden union. And yet that's the line that Jesus comes from. And that's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. Yeah. Absolutely not. I mean, obviously it's not because God God wove that together. And it's it's crazy because Jesus' coming was the I is it compilation is the word? Not compilation. It's compilation. The culmination. Culmination. I was even using the wrong word. The culmination. At least I caught myself before I kept going. Was the culmination of over four hundred Old Testament prophecies. I mean his coming alone, his, him being born alone was the fulfillment of over 25 prophecies from the Old Testament. I mean, it's insane to think that this story of misfits, of kings, this, this, this lineage was just paving the way for the Savior of the world. And... I cannot imagine. Now, this is this is a bold thing to say, mm-hmm. but I cannot imagine being Jewish at at the time, mm-hmm. or even Jewish today. Yeah, reading the Old Testament, or, or even even the the first five books of the Bible. Yeah, but let's just say the Old Testament for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Seeing the authority that it has, reading it reading the prophecies that Christ fulfills and then not putting the the savior and Christ together mm-hmm. i i it, it just baffles me that it's that they don't do that mm-hmm. i i guess it's i guess it's hard to make that connection from well from the and this is i guess a side conversation but f- I, yeah. It's not like I know a lot of Jews, but from the conversations around that that I've heard, I think one is like sometimes they don't always see certain things as prophecies, whereas right. like they, they look yeah. more at the immediate context than they do the prophetic context. Right. And then two, they just think, yeah, well, he kind of fulfilled that, but not in the way that we think or would have liked him to. Yeah. Even like, you know, like the zealots, no, I, they, they I think it's like overthrowing. Agree. And any, and any yeah. individual um, that I've spoken to is Jewish is... is said similar and they also go about it from a different light 
they are very literal when they interpret scripture. And that's why I love the Jews. They're all young earthers. I appreciate that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> bad joke. Shout out to our, ge- uh, our genealogy series. The, the, the apologetic series. The apologetic series. Yeah. Okay, two more characters I want to look. Sorry, dude. At. No, I, that's great. I that's rambled great. hard. I rambled hard. Dude, we're we, all we can, about the ramble. We can cut out some we're of that. We're all about the ramble. Uh, let's look at Mary and Joseph real quick. So if you think about the context here, Mary and Joseph, probably fairly poor, probably from what would be considered the hood part of town. If that profile of person, let's imagine you're engaged. Okay. If that profile of person comes up to you and says, I'm pregnant, and it was the Holy Spirit. Cap. <laughs> that is the oh. first reason that everyone would have had. Yeah. Am I right? No, you're okay. completely right. Because sometimes I think we can have, uh, what is it called? The lullaby effect. Where like you hear a story so many times, certain things become normal, but they're actually not. Or even historical stories. Any story. You, you, well, any story that you've say, heard a lot. Oftentimes you write your own narrative for stories that are older. Like, oh, this was probably the scene. Like, for example, how we rewrite Samson in our heads as the oh, hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's not. Right. Right? He's just, yeah. Right. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, this is a divine text, but it's no, like yeah. thinking of like in a real life context, how that would have been handled. Or, or received by other people. Just like it's like, as Christians who've been in church, like we know that, you know, in the garden there was a talking snake. But someone yeah. reads the Bible for the first time, it's like a talking snake. Well, it's crazy imagery. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah but anyway, agree. so the point being is that that's fairly crazy and fairly bold of her for even to be able to say that. Yeah. So then flipping that to Joseph, Joseph's reaction is incredible. Because even before the angel comes to Joseph, where does it say? And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly, which is unbelievably honorable because it would have completely destroyed Mary. Like her her reputation would have pretty much been done forever. Well, also Joseph's reputation was also on the line too. I mean, if you think about it. If you're if you're a man engaged to a woman, yeah, and she's running out on you, obviously it's the woman's fault. Mm-hmm. But it also says something about the man, true, yeah, in a lot of ways sure. too. So for sure, there's a lot on the line in this situation. But in in that day and age, I think it's safe to say it would have been a lot harder for Mary to bounce back than for Joseph to bounce. Oh, back. completely agreed. Yeah, I completely agree right. with that. Yeah, but then obviously there's a divine intervention, and then. Joseph chooses to obey and accept what the angel tells him and to follow through. And because of that, he became, he continued to be a part of of God's plan for salvation for the world, which is incredible. So transitioning maybe into a little bit of a reflection question uh, for us and for people who are listening is... During this holiday season, how can we emulate Joseph and respond to the 
divine activity that God is working through his son, Jesus, and make room for him in our lives, even if it's inconvenient, uncomfortable, and maybe even appear scandalous, if I can be so bold as to say it that way. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I think that I was just reading not too long ago about when a culture gets too comfortable or even when like an individual gets too comfortable, sin abounds greatly. When you are just sitting around, when you are being slothful, lazy, just not not in any movement mentally, physically, sin abounds greatly. And I love the way you phrase that, so I'm not even going to try and say it again. But I just, I just want to agree. You're not going to say that again? You can say that again. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> what? No. Why am I pointing at you? I'm, I should be pointing at me to say that again. Corny dad jokes. Oh my word. <laughs> I've never, we've never had a camera like this before. You know what I mean? I so know exactly weird. what you mean. So it's super We weird. have never had a camera. <laughs> Besides if we went live. When we went live that one time and then we posted the yeah. 40 minute live. Anyway, so as I was saying to, to reel it back, right? Reel it back in. Reel it back. Yes, yeah, it's, it's this way. Reel I don't go fishing, so I can't confirm. I don't know either. I don't know either. We just used to do that Bible study. To reel it back, I was just agreeing with you completely. I think that this season, we should go out of our way to be uncomfortable, to react to the movement of the Spirit. I think some application points for that could be if you are in the city and you see a homeless person, right? Maybe you don't have money to give them, but maybe give them the coat off your back. And then maybe you'll be cold, right? But in the name of Jesus, you give that coat to them. And I think that's, I think that's beautiful. You know, there's, you know, other examples, maybe you can, you know, bring gifts to your neighbors, you know, maybe you can, you know, go serve at your local community center. I mean, there are a million things, but I, I just think yeah. ultimately the goal is to be uncomfortable mm. this holiday season for the sake of Christ. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think, and I think for someone who may not be a Christian, the the call to make space for Jesus in your life is still the same. Uh, this the same way that Jesus came in an unexpected way. He may be moving in an unexpected way in your life. And all he wants is you to realize that he loves you, that you need him, and for you to turn and follow him. And that invitation is open because of not only just that he came in this story, but then he lived a life fulfilling the law that God had set that we couldn't live on our own. And then he paid the penalty that we deserved for not being able to live that by dying on the cross and raising again. And then now he's still alive 
And because of that, we have an opportunity still, as long as it's called today, to follow him and to give him our life. And life with him is better than anything else. Wow. I feel like I'm listening to Greg Laurie right now. The <laughs> Harvest Crusade. That was, that was beautiful. And to to quote Rob Flood, who quoted Joe Fosh. <laughs> who quoted the Bible. It's not from the Bible. Oh, okay. <laughs> God does not clean his fish before he catches them. You do not have to get your life together before you come to Christ. You don't have to get your affairs in order. When God calls you, respond and move towards that. That's really all I have to add. Amen to that. All right, people. I think this is our last episode for December for 2020. Two, 2022. 20, wow. What a blunder. Wow, dude. For 2022. I, thought, I was rambling this episode. I thought I was having a rough so We will see you in the new year. We've got some fun stuff planned. We've already mentioned our genealogy series a couple times, right? Yeah. We're going to have some interviews. Got some we interviews. We got some people lined up to interview. Got some video. We do have some video. Shout out to Christian again. Hit him up for all your videography needs. All right. And with that, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.